Hey, Dan, I'm scared to death that God will judge my discontent. What about you? What if you've got a job? It's paying the bills, but you're miserable. What if you have a professional degree? You've got a JD or DDS or an MD or a PhD behind your name, and yet you hate the life that you've created. How do you deal with your discontent? Should you feel guilty about that or should you just bite the bullet and do what you are trained to do and stick with it? Well, stick with us. We're going to talk about that and more. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, as you know, I talk about the questions that come in each week. I've been doing this a long time. Started the podcast in 2006. So it's been over 14 years, approaching 15 years that I've been doing a podcast. In that period of time, I've had thousands and thousands of questions submitted. And I love being able to think, to dig deep, and to try to unpack these together. I'm always surprised. I always have questions that I could not dream up if I were just sitting in a cubicle trying to think up good questions. But real-life situations that we all are confronted with. We've got some today. I'm eager to jump right into those. Here's one, Dan. I have no passion. I live to exist. To put it bluntly, I am successful for my career path and totally miserable. I'm blessed beyond belief and I can barely meet each day. And then the phrase I started out with, I'm scared to death that God will judge my discontent. All right, we're going to unpack that. I'm going to lead off with that one, and we'll kind of dig deep in that. A mom asks, is there some guidance you have that we can help our children discover how God has uniquely gifted them and how we can help them excel in this area? How about this? Boy, here's a tough one. Do your principles for finding or creating work you love work under communism? All right, we've got listeners from around the world. What if you were in a, an area... And there's some pretty blatant areas right now. What if you were in Venezuela with what's happening there? Do these principles work or not have any relevance? And then somebody says, all online businesses are spammy. Should I just stick to my traditional job? Well, we'll get to those if we can. Here's our quotation for today because it relates so much to some of the things we want to look at. comes from Henry Ford. You've heard me talk about it before, who said, Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. All right, so we're going to have that as kind of an overarching theme. Whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. So often we confirm our beliefs. We just make it our own reality. Well, our resource for today is going to be our Eagles community. I know we talk about this. I'm going to reference what we're studying in there right now. We're going through Think and Grow Rich. Some of the principles are going to rock the world of some of the members that are in there. But if you go to 48dayseagles.com, you can check out how to get involved if you're not yet involved. Now, this this is a, a long, poignant letter 
from somebody that we got who canceled his membership in the 48 Days Eagles community. Um, now, you know, does that happen? Well, sure. And if it's not a good fit, we would want somebody to not continue with that. I mean, that's why we moved from a free community, which we had for years, 48days.net community. A lot of you were members of that, but there was no real commitment. There was no charge for that. And so there were a lot of people that were in there that were just kind of, you know, not doing anything, but they hadn't removed themselves, even if they hadn't even if they weren't doing anything. Well, with what we've got now, there's an incentive. If somebody's not using the material, if somebody's not moving up in levels of success in their life, yeah, they probably need to discontinue being a member of that. So it happens. And we ask people, you know, just if you would, just help us understand why you're leaving. And I love the fact that people are really honest with us. So this comes from a gentleman. I'll not share his name, but he says, thanks for canceling my subscription. I'd love to give you feedback. Regret it fully. It will mirror responses I've previously given on your site. I'd like to preface that while I'm certain your site encourages and helps many, it has just not been an answer for me. What drew me to 48 Days Eagles was listening to the podcast. I was desperate for direction, thought that maybe, just maybe this would help me. I'd taken the DISC test, and after short correspondence um, with Ashley, I tried coaching with one of your coaches. I worked with him. He showed me I probably needed a career coach more than a life coach. Simply put, I have no passion. I live to exist, to put it bluntly. I'm successful for my career path and totally miserable. I'm blessed beyond belief and can barely meet each day. I'm scared to death that God will judge my discontent, but there it is nonetheless. As your coach told me, my soul is crying for a change. I just have no idea what that change would be. I've read Dan's books, listened to the podcast, look for answers on 48 Days Eagles. I don't see myself being a coach. I don't see myself with a podcast or YouTube channel. I would be clueless about writing a book. I'm a system director in a hospital. I guess I'm good at what I do, but I don't want to continue down this path. Therefore, why would I want to tell others about it besides the point of what real besides the point of what real audience would there be for it? I just do not seem to be finding any answers on the site and cannot continue to spend the money on something that is not helping. Again, I am certain the site helps other people, just does not seem to be the answer for me. Well, I appreciate this gentleman's honesty, but I cringe at hearing where he is at this point. So he's doing well in a career that's providing great income for him, but he's miserable. And as one of our coaches told him, my soul is crying for a change. Wow, what a poignant statement. So let's, let's back into this a little bit. How do we move out of a situation like that? Things are working okay, but your heart's not in it. Your soul's crying for a change. Do you just stay there? My goodness, I hope not. And here's the thing. You can walk right out of that. You just have to make decisions that something's going to change. Let me. A couple of weeks ago, my mastermind was together here, and we were talking about the wormhole experiences in our lives where we've had a dramatic shift in our thinking, or something that really moved us forward in a dramatic way. One of the gentlemen in there shared that when he he grew up as one of 11 children, so a large family, and they were in poverty all the time. 
He hated the fact they lived in government housing. When they'd go to the grocery store, they'd use food stamps, and he just vowed that somehow he was going to escape that. Didn't know how. Nobody in his family had ever gone to college, and he saw pretty much his destiny outlined because of the generational expectations, what he was born into. But he had a friend who was going to enlist in the Army, and he needed a ride to the recruiting station. So this gentleman said, I'll give you a ride. So he gave him a ride, went there. He had long hair, you know, absolutely despised, you know, the idea of being in the military, had no interest in that, but he just gave his buddy a ride there and he was sitting there just waiting on his buddy to go through the recruitment process. And a recruiter came out into the lobby area and talked to him, said, well, why don't you take the test? And he's like, nah, I'm not interested. Nothing I want to do there. He said, well, you don't have to do anything, but just rather than sitting here looking at the walls, if you just filled out the application form, at least to give you something to do and think through kind of where you are and where you want to go. So he did with that just gentle encouragement. He did. He filled out the forms, went home. Well, about a month later, a recruiter showed up at his school, at his high school, asked to speak to him, took him out of class, sat down with him and said, we want to give you a four year complete ride through college. All you have to do is then commit to four years in the military. He said, you can choose any one of 288 schools, any one you want. So this gentleman, my friend, took a map and he put pins where the 288 schools were. He chose the school that was the farthest distance from his house. He showed up at that school in Arizona, had no idea what to expect, what college was all about, but he had a full ride plus a monthly stipend from the military to go to school. So he went through school, and then he did put in his two years active, two years in the reserves to complete his obligation, and went on to um, become a multimillionaire. He totally changed that family history with that one decision to move into that. Didn't seem to be like something that he really wanted to do, and he certainly didn't commit his life to that, but it was a path out of where he was. He just made the decision. Boom, there he goes. Had another guy was sharing that when he was in high school, he was working for Kmart, where he would use a power washer to clean out the inside of their trucks. So if they were going to you know, haul food, produce, or whatever was coming next. He'd clean those out using a power washer. He was making $3.35 an hour. It's been some time ago, obviously, but that's what he was making, $3.35 an hour. Well, his dad encouraged him to come up with 20 other ideas for how he could use a power washer and maybe have a little more opportunity. Well, he kind of resisted that, but his dad just insisted, so he did. He sat down and came up with 20 other things he could do with the power washer. Two weeks later, Kmart, I think, I hope I said Kmart is where he was working. Anyway, Kmart became his first customer. They wanted the sidewalk and approach to the store cleaned, power washed. He used his then power washer and they paid $150 for a cleaning job that took him two hours. 
So he went from $3.35 an hour to $75 an hour doing essentially the same kind of work, but just with a different approach, a different application, a different perspective. That's the power of making decisions to change where you are. Now, here's the deal. As I mentioned, we're going through a year-long study of Think and Grow Rich, classic book by Napoleon Hill. We're going through that one Monday a month in our Monday mentor calls in the 48 Days Eagles community. These principles are going to rock the world of a whole lot of people who are already members there. A whole lot of people who have not really dug deeply into this. But these are the principles that have guided my life for years and years and years. I was privileged as a poor little farm kid to get a hold of this book when I was 17 or 18 years old and read it, Think and Grow Rich. And I've been back through it many, many times since then. But the principles, there are 13 principles in there. And these are all very interdirected. These are things any of you can do. These are things that can dramatically redirect the trajectory of your life, the direction that it seems to be going now, or to resolve the discontent that you may have now. But it requires your deciding to do it. You can't expect something from the outside to just force you to make the change. But if you make the decision, you can absolutely move into areas that are going to give you more fulfillment, more satisfaction, and possibly more income. I mean, that's usually the processes go together. A lot of times people assume, no, that's not true. You know, if you really moved into what you enjoy doing, then you're going to have to, you know, learn to live on nothing. No, people that move into, whether it's even something creative like art. I mean, we're hearing from a lot of people right now who, as when they were young, they knew they enjoyed music, art, poetry, sculpting, whatever it is. And yet they were told by well-meaning people, well, that's fine, but you can't do that. You know, to, as a career, you have to do something practical and realistic. And so they move away from that and then discover later in life, ooh, that was bad information. If that is what they enjoy, that's going to be their best opportunity to make a reasonable living. It's tough to make a good living doing something you just really don't enjoy. It's so much easier if it's something you enjoy, even if it seems impractical to other people around you. Well, let me just mention the 13 steps in Think and Grow Rich. Number one is desire. You have to want it. I mean, everybody we talk about, if it's Jeff Bezos, who just stepped down this week as CEO of Amazon, because he's the richest man in the world, his desire early on in those early years of Amazon is legendary. No question about it. You have to want it. Number two is faith. You have to believe that you can achieve your goal. I mean, I love the concept of faith. That's going to be the next one that we cover in, well, this month in February in the 40 Days Equals Community. Faith. Believe that you can achieve your goal. I mean, there's always times where it's not certain that's what faith is, taking that next step, confident that up in the future, even though we can't see it directly right now, it's too foggy out there, there's something good out there, and if we take that next step, we're going to be moving toward it. Well, number three, auto-suggestion, use affirmations to achieve your goal. 
mean, the things I have, I have little notes around my computer monitor here that I look at things to remind me what my goals are and my confident belief that things are going to happen even this year. Number four, specialized knowledge. I mean, gain experiences, continue learning. I mean, certainly that's part of the process. It's not enough, but it's part of the process. Specialized knowledge. Number five, imagination. Coming up with ideas and visualizing your success. Wow, the things that have come out of imagination. When I look at people like Thomas Edison and goodness, I mean, Rockefeller, Carnegie, all those guys, just the imagination to come up with an idea how, how they could make the world a better place, how they could have an impact. Phenomenal stories out there. Number six, organized planning. Got to have a plan. Clear plan, take action. You hear me talk about that a lot. Number seven, decision. You can defeat procrastination. You can walk out of discontent with decisiveness. Make a decision. And walk right out of that. Number eight, persistence. Don't stop until you get what you want. A lot of stories about persistence. People stopping just short of the gold vein, all those. Certainly there are times when you want to stop if things are not working. But a lot of people stop way too quickly. we got to spoil ourselves and getting things too quickly, too easily. And so thus we think as soon as there's an obstacle, we're just going to redirect and walk away from it. Number nine, power the mastermind. Surround yourself with the best. I mean, the, the people that Napoleon Hill profiled and Think and Grow Rich, I mean, lots and lots of people. There was not one that he could identify who was not part of a mastermind, who had not surrounded themselves with people who would cheer them on. I mean, that's the power of a group like the 48 Days Eagles. You're immediately immersed in other people who are saying, well, yes, you can. You can do that. You know, here's somebody else I can connect you with. Here's a resource that'll help you. Surround yourself with the best that there is. Number 10, it's titled in the old version, The Mystery of Sex Transmutation. It's not, a, uh, <laughs> it's not erotic. We're not talking about that at all, but just the power of channeling your energies in a way that really bring success into your life. I mean, that is, it's incredibly powerful. And, and in, in terms of relationships, sure, it's easy to show that having a conscientious spouse is going to boost your, your, your income dramatically. And I mean, I talk openly about the power that I've been given because of my relationship with Joanne in the many years of our marriage. I mean, I have no idea how I could conceptualize what my life would be like without that. Now, I know not everybody is privileged with that, but that's not something that I was just lucky. That's something I made a decision. We were going to make this astounding. We both came from homes where we didn't want to model the marriages we had seen at all. Joanne's mom was divorced three times. Her total amount of married time totaled less than six years. Uh, we didn't want to model that. So we made a decision. That's one of the principles. Number 11, the subconscious mind how you can master positivity, dismiss negative emotions. Number 12, the brain, how to associate with other people who are smart, intelligent, learn from them. Something that I've sought out a lot. And then number 13 ends up with the sixth sense, that intuition that you get, where you ought to be able to make decisions really quickly. In essence, you know, trust in your gut, trust in that first instinct that you have. If you've worked with the other principles, then you can trust that to make decisions really quickly. People who have moved through this process are not indecisive. They don't procrastinate. 
No, they just, they make decisions. You got to be able to make 85% of any decision instantly if you really trained your mind to recognize, you know, what's good, right, and true, and what's moving you toward the direction that you want to go. So, again, I, I, again, love the feedback that this gentleman gave us, but I cringe to think that he's that stuck, that bewildered after being exposed to principles. I mean, I, I certainly would hope that we offer enough value, even right here in a podcast, to give you the tools or point you in the right direction so you can get the tools to make your life what you want it to be. Well, all right, let me move on here. Uh, Sherry says, is there some guidance you have that we can help our children discover how God has uniquely gifted them and how we can help them excel in this area? They won't have the life experience at different jobs to help them determine their well-suited position compared to just what they're good at. Our daughter is a junior and has no idea what she wants to do. So I had her take the profiles test, but if you have any guidance on something we can do with her, it would be appreciated. We've tried to look back on her childhood to see what she loved to do. Any additional guidance and questions we can get her thinking on would be greatly appreciated. Well, Sherry, you, you, you hear me talk a lot, maybe too much about my own grandkids. I got a whole bunch of them and the things that they do, they're all homeschooled and they've all been exposed to a lot of things to help discover where their curiosity is taking them. You know, I've talked about my granddaughter, Clara, who's really interested in herpetology right now, the study of snakes and reptiles. She's amazing. I mean, she's taking college courses in that because that's what her area of interest is right now. She's 13. Now, is that going to define her career for the rest of her life? I don't know. She's had other interests. You know, she's co-written a book with my wife. You know, she's made great poppy seed muffins and sold them at our events. She's an extremely good artist you know, that has potential there if she wanted to pursue it. She's done movie edit, editing for other people, including me, movie editing. So there's a lot of things that she can do, but in the exposure to a variety of things, she will ultimately find what is going to keep her focus and attention over a period of time. Right now, at this age, explore a lot of things. And I would encourage you to do that, even with your daughter as a junior. It's tough to be forced to make a decision about a college major, you know, when you're 18 years old. Wow. If, if you want to go to college, you know, well, I don't think going to college to just experiment with a lot of things is a good use of time or money at all. I think if you go to college, it ought to be because you've discovered there is an area of study that you really want to go deeper in that may lead to a potential career or opportunities beyond that. So if she's not clear, golly, instead of going to college just to waste money sitting there trying to figure out, take a take a trip around the world. You know, do do a walking trip across Europe. You know, live live somewhere else. You know, if you have somebody who is in a position, she may want to shadow that person. You know, go spend two weeks with a variety of people in different kind of occupations to get kind of an inside look and what those things would require. I mean, there's a lot of ways to continue exploring until she does have some clear idea of what she might enjoy. Just getting a job somewhere is great experience to help in the clarification process. So don't be too impatient. I mean, there are people, especially today, who don't get this 
figured out a clear direction until they're 27, 28 years old. That's okay. You don't have to figure this out when you're 18. If it takes a while, then enjoy the journey and continue experimenting with things. But ultimately, we want to find that opportunity where she can see where her curiosity leads her. And that's there's a process where when you identify your curiosity, you see where your curiosity intersects, it comes together, that can help develop a passion. And with that passion, you ought to be growing in talent as well. And with the combination of those, now you have curiosity that's led to passion that helps develop talent. And now you see a need, and then you create a plan. Wow, you got a perfect formula for having a great purpose in life. Okay, this is what I want to devote my life to doing. And that's the way that it develops. That develops over time. That's why you know the typical person that I work with in career coaching is somebody who's about 42 years old who has a college degree, often a professional degree. They do have one of those acronyms behind their name that implies they had a they had the smarts, they had the ability to go on to school, and so they have a graduate degree, professional degree as well. And that person saying, you know, I think I'm living somebody else's dream. I went to school because I had the academic ability to, not because I had a passion that led me to what I'm doing today. And at that point, we kind of wipe the slate clean, take a fresh look. How are you uniquely gifted? What are your unique skills and abilities? How do you relate to other people? What kind of environments are you most comfortable in? And then what are those recurring dreams and passions that seem to keep popping up? And then reflecting on a little bit of life experience at 42 years old, we can draw from that life experience to see those patterns that have emerged clearly, then create a clear focus, and then go into the most productive two decades of your life or 20 years of your life or more than that. I mean, that's typically the process. So be patient with your kids. My goodness, have fun letting them explore follow their curiosities, give them exposure to a lot of different things. And believe me, they'll figure it out, even if it takes a little time. Well, these are questions coming from you, the listeners, as you certainly suspect. I love seeing those come in. Also, enjoy hearing the success stories. A lot of you should share success stories with us. It's not all problems. A lot of people are rocking it out of the park. But if you got a story you want to share or a question you want to ask, just shoot those in to me at askdan at 48days.com. Again, that's askdan at 48days.com. Well, here's an interesting question. It comes from Scott, who says, Hi, Dan. Do your principles define the creating work you love work under communism? That's it. Wow. Well, I mean, I could be egotistical and just say, well, sure they do, you know, just use them. But it, it's not that simple. I recognize that. I mean, it's really challenging to make your life work under communism. Now, I think there's still opportunity to nurture your curiosity, your passion, your talent, develop individual things, but it may not lead to things that are very fulfilling or gratifying or profitable. When I talk so clearly about find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable, that's not easily done in the communist countries. I mean, in communist countries, there's a lot of things that are provided free. 
Now, it's a circular argument because, yeah, they're provided free, but you don't have any opportunity, and they're taking anything that you may have to contribute above the mere, bare minimal essentials anyway. But they're in most countries. Well, let's say, let's say Cuba as an example. I was in Cuba a couple of years ago. I loved the time down there, loved the people. We were able to go down. There were seven of us guys that went down, spent a week down there, and um, a little more than that, and ha- had a great time interacting with the people. But there's still communist rule. So their education, their you know, their rent, golly, there's all kinds of things that are that are provided free. They don't have to pay for rent, for health care, education. Uh, they get food, rations, you know, so all, all those basic essentials are supposedly taken care of. So let's take one of those and follow through. Education. You don't have to pay anything for college. You can go to college. However, there comes with that an obligation beyond that. They then will assign you to a job. So even if you are a physician, so you go to school and you become a doctor or a dentist, they assign you a position. And the average salary for that position is going to be, I'll round it, round it up a little bit, is going to be roughly $48 a month. We'll just use my 48 but it, it's really like $44. I mean, how are you going to make a life on that? So you've gone to school all those years to get the opportunity to work as a physician your rent is taken care of, your health care, you get a food stipend, and you're making 48 bucks a month. I mean, does that really, oh my gosh. I mean, if that was your desire, so thus we come back to this hard question from Scott, do the 48 days principles really work? Yes, you can decide you want to work in that arena, but there's so much control over your life that I would not consider that a fulfilling life even if you were doing work that did match what you really wanted to do. If we take somewhere, someplace like Venezuela right now, I mean, it's just horrific what's happening there. I happen to be working, my Spanish teacher lives in Venezuela, so we connect via Skype, and she's considered wealthy in that country because of what she makes with her online training. But it's kind of under the radar as well. I mean, there... Venezuelan president uh, just recently raised the minimum monthly wage to $10 a month. That's the minimum wage, $10 a month. I mean, can you imagine trying to live on that? Well, you know, here in the United States, you wouldn't accept that for an hour of your work, let alone a month. So again, they get a small box of food twice a month. Rent is taken care of. Health care is all taken care of. But how do you make an effective life under that? I mean, the bottom line is, if at all possible, you're going to look for a way out. I mean, I talk to people in Cuba. It's like, have you ever thought about going to the United States? And the answer that I got from the gentleman, he says, doesn't everybody? I mean, that is the ultimate goal, to get out of the country and get to the United States. You know, thus, yeah, we've got an immigrant challenge because this is a land of opportunity like nobody's ever experienced before in history. So, yeah, I I think there's a very limited way that you can still embrace your passions. Scott, 
under communism, but your life overall is not going to be one that many people are going to want to model at all. And most of those people are looking for ways to get out, and rightfully so. Well, I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel like that was a very, uh, very productive response to that. You know, do they work? Yes, but get out. That's what I would be doing. I'd be looking for an escape plan. You know, even if it were challenging, I'd be looking for a way to get out rather than just succumb to that and just decide, well, this is as good as it gets. Nope, I'd be looking for a way out, just as I was looking for a way out of some other limiting things early in my life. Well, Ken says, this is a pretty interesting question here. Ken says, as I notice how much things have shifted online, I began searching for opportunities there as to not get left behind in the world. Maybe over time, it could become something that allows me to shift to full time if I'd want. So I tried Amazon, took Jim Cochran's course that I recommend, and discovered that I have no drive to search stores and websites to flip products. It's boring and tedious to me, no matter what profit I was finding. Also, eBay which was a bit better, but then affiliate marketing, YouTube channels, consulting, and so on. So should I just stick to the traditional job instead of online if I'm not a fan of these options? Or should I be searching differently for online opportunities? Indeed and and Monster, those are two sites, Indeed and Monster, results were spammy. I'm 44 years old. I do technical work, but I'm not, conne- I'm not a connected 24-7 person, never want to be one. All right, Ken, let me be your, be your coach here to just kind of speak right into this. If you see in advance why none of these things will work for you, then by all means, stick to your traditional job. But here's where we go back to the quotation that I drew for today from Henry Ford. Whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. If you decide in advance that none of these things are going to work for you or be enjoyable for you, then absolutely, you're right. They're not going to work for you. I mean, I ran into a guy in a store not too long ago, and he said he had gotten my book, on 48 low or no cost business ideas. Now in the back of that book, I also then connect to other resources, one that has over a hundred other ideas that you can just borrow and use and also linked into another site that has over a thousand things that you can do, creative ideas. And he said, but you know, I, I read through those and none of those work for me. Because I'm a tech guy, much like Ken is saying here, I'm a tech guy. And he and I, I, I had to bite my tongue. But my immediate thought was, well, of course, if you've decided that over a thousand ideas, not a single one is going to work for you, then you're exactly right. There's not an idea in there that will work for you. However, what would it require? for one of those things to work and to transform your life and future. It's just you deciding that it could. I mean, we have so much opportunity to make our own choices. 
I mean, certainly most of us don't live in a communist country. There's so many things that can be done online. And the, the ability to leverage what you're doing is unlike anything I've ever seen. I mean, I've talked about people on here like, you know, Vincent Pugliese, he was a photojournalist, you know, making mid-30s as a salary, loved what he was doing, but felt really kind of trapped in wanting to make more money to provide for his family. So he put together his little course on how to take great photos of your kids in sports, just at that moment where the bat hits the ball for a home run or they kick the winning goal in soccer. He put that little course up on a Friday afternoon, not a great time to release a course, and in 24 hours generated more money than he'd ever made in a year. I mean, that's the power of doing that. And with what you're talking about here, Ken, I mean, are there things you could do to take your expertise in technical work? So take some kind of an obscure software that you are familiar with or a solution to a problem, and you do a little course on that or, or a YouTube video on that. Wow, if it really helps other people, doesn't mean you have to step into their world, but if it really helps other people, it could produce for you in ways that I would certainly expect to far surpass any kind of annual salary you could possibly be generating now. I mean, I do a lot of things online. Uh, certainly, that's no secret. But um, a couple of years ago, I did a course on Udemy where I put up. Now, incidentally, I reached out to somebody that I know is pretty big on Udemy, and I asked him. Uh, what he's making, and in the last four years, he's made six hundred and six thousand dollars, six hundred and six thousand two hundred thirty-three dollars and fifty-one cents. <laughs> Just happened to be able to pull the figure together, so um, doing pretty well with that. Um, and he's got other things going as well, but that was just from a couple of courses that he put up. But I, I put a course up. I'm a big believer in the power of a mastermind. I talked about it as one of the principles, one of the 13 steps in Think and Grow Rich. Certainly something I've been living out for a long time, and I have people ask about that. So I spent uh, Friday morning, spent about three hours, put together a little course that I did on how to create your own mastermind. So it's got videos for me. I think there are six or eight videos of me, just short ones, you know, four or five minutes, and then worksheets on how to walk right through that. And a PDF that has about 60, 70 pages in it about how to how to start and run and organize a mastermind. But I put that up on Udemy. And I just looked, just prior to recording this, I just looked. It's currently shown as $54.99. I don't know how they came up with that figure. I had suggested $48, but they vary it. They do their own thing. I get 70% of that, incidentally, when they sell that. So at that rate, I would get uh, $38.50 a piece. And I've had 2,293 people who have purchased that course. So, I mean, we're not talking hundreds of thousands here, but we're talking, you know, 2,200 93 people have purchased that course when it's been sitting there. So I did it once, just put it up there. We also have it available. We sell it a lot on our own site. We sell it directly and we have it available inside the 40 Days Eagles community. So I've used it in a lot of other ways, but putting it up on Unity, Udemy was just one place that I just put it out there because it was so easy to do. So if that is true, you know, there's 2,293 students 
me making $38.50 a piece. And I don't keep track on a monthly basis, but that's $88,280. So, you know, it's, and it's one of many things. I've got a lot of courses out there. One of the things that I have as my goals for this year is to create six new courses that we're going to be presenting. I already have three of those done. They're just being polished by my team in the background to release those. We put those out there. I mean, some of those will be at $48. Some of those be at $97. I mean, if I have a $97 course that I do and a thousand people purchase that, well, that's a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, it's hard to do that in a job where you're just working, getting paid for your hours. So the opportunities are so appealing that even if I see other things out there that are spammy, as you suggest, that's okay. I I don't need to be one of those people. I can use the technology in a way that is beneficial and honorable with integrity and compassion. I mean, it's like a brick. You can use it to smash windows or you can use it to build a cathedral. So just because others are using the online opportunities in ways that you see as spammy, and I agree that that's true, doesn't mean that you need to do that. I mean, use them in ways that you know, bring honor to what you're doing and can really help other people. But to just categorically say, I'm not going to do any of those because everything there stinks. Well, you really have closed off a big, big area of potential opportunity. And if that's true, then by all means, keep your job. Keep doing what you're doing. If that's working, you're surviving, boom, then your life is probably, you know, going to stay pretty predictable. Probably not going to change a whole lot. If you're okay with that, I'm okay with that. I'm not going to try to talk you into anything else, but I certainly do believe there are opportunities all around you. Well, we go back to our quotation there. Whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. Henry Ford, wow. Don't know how to say it much better than that. Well, golly, we could go on. I'm going to save some questions for another day here. It's probably long enough. Um, Thanks for submitting your questions. Love seeing those come in. Um, The activity, the juice, the magic is happening in the 48 Days Eagles community. Boy, join us us so you can walk through us with the principles that are upcoming in the Think and Grow Rich study as well as the all the other cheerleaders that you get there. If you don't have people cheering you on for your crazy, wacky idea, hey, join us. We'd love to encourage you. Just go to 48dayseagles.com to check that out. And hey, thanks for being part of this growing community where more and more of us are convinced without any doubt that we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.